This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everybody, this is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. <laughs> Welcome to the Invested Podcast. We are doing investing Warren Buffett style here. Heck and yeah. that's what we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and we're in the middle of a series <laughs> on our checklist that we use to go through the rather simple, easy, effortless, I shouldn't say easy ever, the simple <laughs> investing strategies that we do, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, to, to not beg the question, but we just want to buy businesses we understand that have a big moat, good management, and they're on sale. Simple. Simple. Mm, and predictable from Bill Ackman. Simple ah, and predictable. Simple and predictable businesses. And we like them to be wonderful, which means that they have a lot of protection from competition. And that shows up in certain kinds of numbers. And, and those are the things we look for after all the thousands of numbers you can look at in a business. We really only have to look at a few to get a very, very quick idea. Lee Lu, Lee Lu says, you know, five minutes maximum on a business to, to get an idea if you think it's a decent business or not. Does and, he really? That's what he said? Five minutes? Five minutes. Five minutes max. I would love to know what he reads for those five minutes. Oh, he's just looking at the S&P 500 book on the S&P, like out of, out of, you know, some website. What do you mean? You he think he's looking at, up. he's looking at the financials for five minutes. Yeah. Just a one page ah. summary of financials. And essentially you're only looking at a few numbers on the one page summary of financials, which are tons and tons of numbers. You're going to look at, at does this company have a really good return on invested capital? Does it have no to low debt? Does it have a lot of free cash flow that it generates, which then means that they don't have to grow by borrowing money. They don't, right? They, they have money um, mm -hmm. available to grow with just from free cash flow. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so those are all indications of a really excellent management team. And you'd like to have a great management team. So those, that really not a lot that you have to really think about, except that, okay, can, how do I get bitten in the butt if I own this business, right? What can, what can hammer me? We were talking about cruise ships last time. Yeah, you better <laughs> yeah. think pandemic, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you see one coming, you better hedge that bet or you better get out of there. It's so, yeah, yeah, it's actually, it's been a really interesting example of like, I feel like before this, people would be like, oh, well, you know, something crazy could happen. There could be, I mean, I hate to even say this, but like there could be like, you know, a nuclear attack or there could be a pandemic. And... We're having like one of those insane force majeure, crazy situations. And it's really brought yeah. home that it, it does happen. Like it felt yeah. very uh, unbelievable, I think to all, which I think is why like the shutdown around the world happened so quickly within just a few days. Cause everyone just was like, what the heck? <laughs> and then, and then sort of realized they needed to do something. So 
It's it's been an interesting education on those things that you think will never happen. They're probably going to happen. And actually, I need to like take that into strong consideration. Absolutely. And we try to do that with this checklist. So we're diving in deeper here. And we were So we're back to your checklist now. Yeah. We, I really we were, enjoyed the Ackman checklist, by the way. That was that was a good call, but I'm glad that we're back to your checklist. Well, my checklist is a lot more detail, right? And, well, and it's, ultimately it's meant for a different he didn't his wasn't even a checklist. He called it principles. So principles. Right. This is meant for a very different purpose. It's meant to this check. Is, yeah. Check that box. Yeah. Kind of a thing. And we were working on management. Um, going down the the ten uh, key checkpoints on management. Um, sh- do you want to repeat them real quick, or shall I? Or what do you oh, want? Love want repeating. Here, I'll do that. I'll do it. Okay. So, like we were saying a second ago, an indication of a really well run company that's got a big moat is that they have little or no debt. Um, their return on capital is high. Their return on equity is high. Not getting smaller. They have low maintenance requirements to stay in business. They don't have to rebuild their factories every three years or something. Mm-hmm. Um, free cash flow is 75% or more of earnings. In other words, they're very free cash flow generative. The, the earnings translate nicely into real money in your real pocket. Um, owner earnings, which are a little different view of free capital, are also 75%. So essentially, we want to know that we can put it in our pocket if we own the whole company. The CEO's experience has a great operational track record in the business, ideally, so we can see that they're talented. And we trust the CEO to behave with integrity, and that is a one of the one of the real subjective things and, and often is mm-hmm. just a hope and a prayer is all you've mm-hmm. got there mm-hmm. um, because you don't know what people are going to do until they get under pressure. Then you get to see it, and sometimes mm-hmm. then, and then, you, then you're paying the price. Uh, CEO pay is reasonable and based on long-term success of the business, long-term. Um, and so, finally, oh, management is buying the stock is the 10th one. Oh, okay. So we um, didn't really get to talk about, before we get to the last one, we didn't really get to talk too much about the CEO pay is reasonable and based on long-term su- success. And I think my question is pretty obvious. How? Like, what does that mean? Based on long-term success? What... I mean, this is like one of the most controversial spots in all of evaluating management, how they're compensated, how they are aligned with their stock, with their company. So what do you look for? Well, what we, what we, what we look for is a kind of a smell test is that did the board essentially award their, their CEO stock options, which is how these CEOs get into being paid $20, $30 million, $50, $60 million a year, is they're getting stock awards uh, for performance of the stock. And the smell test that we've got is that, and very few companies actually pass this, is that the CEO is getting paid for long-term performance of the stock. That is that we believe that ultimately the stock will be at its value rather than at just some random price because of emotions in the market. And that that's that's when the CEO should be able to collect. They shouldn't be able to collect on a yearly basis because the market can misprice things dramatically, back either badly or or positively. And you don't want somebody walking away with twenty million dollars because they had a good month, you know, or mm. a good six months. It's it's absurd. And it doesn't you know? And the 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 second thing is that 
So hold on. So you don't really want to see the award of that stock until there's been a long tail of stock performance. Yeah. I'd kind of okay. like to see they don't get any of it until they're done. Mm. You know, like, like five years done at least or something, you know, just, they mm. don't get it. They don't get to put it in their pocket. Um, and maybe and that works the, against the other thing, <laughs> which is that thing? we want them to have skin in the game. And so, Obviously, if they get stock awards, now they've got skin in the game and they're going to try to do stuff to protect their the skin that they've got, which is stock shares. I'd rather see them buy it. I would really, really would rather see them buy it. So we've, we've got this problem that CEOs like to get paid for the work they did this, you know, this year. And um, it's very hard for, for us to, to find a proxy statement. By the way, this kind of stuff is on the proxy. It's not in the 10K. Um, where the board is laying out how they're paying the CEO. So one of the things that we use for a smell test on this whole thing is, can I understand how the CEO is going to get compensated? Can I, because it's all based on bonuses and hitting the targets and all this and that. And what we want is we want to see that the CEO is getting compensated for building a better company, not for having a better stock price in the short run. Right? So it, yeah. if it's stock performance, they're going to be compensated for the wrong thing. That's such short-term stuff. We want to see them compensated for the very things that we're looking for from a good management team. Low debt, high free cash flow, high owner earnings, right? Building the moat bigger. Those are all things that are going to accrue to the benefit of the company long-term. And that's to mm -hmm. the benefit of the shareholders and mm -hmm. everybody else, uh, all the employees, the suppliers, everybody benefits if they're looking long-term at those, those issues. And uh, it's hard to find proxies uh, I can understand easily. I mean, we were talking about this a, a few podcasts ago where you were saying you really read them and you understand them, but you're a lawyer. You know how to read this stuff or you have a brain that can absorb it. Proxies aren't that hard. I have trouble. Come on. Oh my gosh. You, <laughs> I've read proxies where I literally have no idea how they're going to compensate the CEO. Oh, well, that I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. They definitely, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes I think purposefully can make it hard to too. figure out. Yeah. I think they do it on purpose so that the board can just go along with them. Hey, okay, you deserve it. You know, and we deserve to stay on the board, don't we, Bob? Right? Yeah, stay on the board. And here's your 250 and use of the Gulfstream. That's yeah. such a scam. It anyway, happens. But yeah, it happens a lot. It happens a lot. Um, so, so, okay, so you want to see like... Stock thing is reasonable, reasonable pay is out the window right now. It's, it's gone so far to being unreasonable that even reasonable CEOs are demanding unreasonable pay <laughs> because everybody's got it. It's like everybody's living in a big McMansion. So now I got to live in one too. You know, it's just normal to live in a big McMansion. Every, what do you the, consider unreasonable? 20 million a year. Okay. What do you and consider so reasonable? And there's so many CEOs making that. Yeah, that's like peanuts. Peanuts. There's guys making, uh, you know, I interviewed Bob Iger not too long ago. Bob's a great guy. Made 60 million bucks his last year as the CEO of Jesney. 60 million. Okay. And he probably deserved it, you know, in some way. But in another way, it's just absurd. It, it puts the CEO in the light of a king. You know, like, okay, now you're this God who made everything happen. And, you know, that's just not the case. It, it's a, in a complex company like Disney, you've got many, 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 many people all the way down to the little guys 
who are pitching in on this giant team to make this thing work. It's not some guy who's just like, oh, do this. You know, he made some great decisions. He got Pixar in there. Totally think that was brilliant to bring into Pixar. Um, and, and, and then maybe he made some decisions that are horrendous decisions. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out down the road. We won't know for years. <laughs> so that's the problem with getting that kind of compensation. You know, what would you consider reasonable? What would you look at and say like, oh, that's pretty cool. That guy gets paid that much. I don't know. Uh, John Mackey said 15 times, 14 or 15 times your average employee pay. Mm-hmm, true. So if your average guy's 50, then your CEO could be making, uh, you know, 750, 800. Average guy's making 100. Average person's making 100. You know, maybe your CEO's making 2 million, 1 million, 5. Mm-hmm. In that range, someplace is reasonable. And and that's where it used to be 40 years ago. It used to be 14 to 15 times your average employee. And now it's four or 500 times your average employee. It's yeah. gotten so stupid and greedy. There's no excuse for it. It wasn't that companies weren't being run well back in 1980, okay? They're being run just as good as they're being run now. Why the hell do we have to compensate CEOs and make them more? It, what it does is it it makes the division between people in our country so much more extreme than it's ever been before. Well, right? so the counter argument to what you're saying is that most of these, C, not most, decent, some of them are getting paid a lot more in salary, but a lot of these salaries are around 1.5 million, maybe 2 million. Well, that's And then the rest of, the of their law. compensation, right. And the law was meant to deal with exactly what you're saying. <laughs> so the rest of their compensation is stock. Right. So but they've set it up with the board so they're going to get the money. Oh, totally. In other words, it's a joke. You know, if the company grows, if the company grows, you get the money. Well, the company, come on, there's 2% inflation every year. The company doesn't do anything and they grow by 2%. Ah, oh, look at the genius CEO. I mean, that's absurd on the on the surface of it. I think we it's entirely fair to look back to 1980 and if you're Elizabeth Warren, you go into the White House as the vice president and soon to be president, maybe, right? And you 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 put through, you punch through a law because these greedy bastards, all right, they're not bastards. They're just people like you and me who will take the money. You'd take it. I'd take it. Danielle would oh, take it. I would take the money. All of us Hell, would take the yeah. money. Yes. And the board is going to try to make sure you're happy. So you, you and wink and a nod. I would do exactly what these guys do, which is if you don't get the money, you go to the next place and get the money over there. And, get the money and that's over there. why they talk about a market of CEOs and having to pay enough to get a good CEO because they'll go to the other company. That's right. And and when they act like that, it, with irresponsibility and a lack of moral code, then, which we all would do. I'm not saying we're better. <laughs> I don't know what if I'm it's saying a lack is of moral you're, code. <laughs> you're pulled by greed, okay? And you're pulled by peer pressure. And uh, you're one answer to by, that. It's your career, and this is how you get compensated. Hey, I won big. Yeah. And, and one answer to that is Elizabeth Warren's answer. We're going to legislate that out of existence. Now, they tried that in 1992. Bill Clinton tried to put through. In fact, the Congress did put through a limit to CEO pay. You can't deduct from, it's not an expense you can deduct if you go over a million dollars. 
Maybe they've made an adjustment with inflation or something, but basically it's around a million bucks. And so to, to get around that, they created all these stock options and that has become a nightmare. And so the unintended consequence of trying to hold down CEO pay is that they exploded it. Uh, and that's the fear I have of legislation, which is, wow, what's the unintended consequences of this thing? If we say, hey man, you're, you're legislated 15 times, you're, you're medium priced employee, buddy. And that's all you get from any source whatsoever. I don't know how you do it, but I, it's almost going to take See, that because I, I like, don't know how you dial this back. I like a CEO with skin in the game, and you have that as one of your points. And I think well, it's really well, how's that skin in the game? Or you're not you're not owning, saying that I'm saying owning stock e owning stock equals yeah. skin in the game. Well, if they buy it, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they buy it, it's skin in the game. If well, it's it's something that I'm going to get it's for awarded, free. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, maybe that's where the maybe that's where the breakdown happens is it's too many awards or really really cheap stock options, and they're happy with some small rise that they engineer through various financial machinations. I don't know. Maybe maybe that is where it breaks down, but like in the startup world you want people with skin in the game because they're the people who are going to try to make that company work long-term. And so I think the idea behind this is you want somebody who's in that CEO position, who has a long-term view on this stock doing well. Right. And, and they do like, like even if you're handed stock, like if I give, I don't know, if I give my friends some stock, that friend is then going to be like, fantastic. I'm excited to see where this company goes. I hope they do really well for the next 30 years. So right, there, there, is, there is some incentive. There's some alignment there, but I, I hear what you're saying that well, I, what, they, well, maybe it's more like, I mean, you come out of, you, you know, your, your law practice is a lot to do with private equity and, and startups and venture capital. And you think about how they award a CEO or a key person with uh, potential ownership in the company. Totally. But that potential ownership is worthless unless this company really performs because mm -hmm. it's not public stock. Absolutely. They can't sell it, mm -hmm. right? It has to win. The company has to win or they get nothing. So I love that idea. Now let's just make that at the public stock market. Let's, how do you do that in the public arena? Something like that. Well, I think. And, and I by think the way, these guys aren't founders either. I mean, no. they, these guys didn't found Disney, right? Right. They're managing Disney, and that's a whole different world. You don't need to pay somebody sixty million dollars to expect them to do a good job of managing Disney, and they've never paid that until the last forty years, and not even the last forty. The last twenty has gotten insane, but wow. for the whole history of Disney. They were paying about 14x. Your you could argue employee. that Bob Iger did a much better job with Disney than the previous people for those <laughs> or, <laughs> for those right. four years or whatever but it was. Think about the so skin maybe it in the was money that, well spent. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
<laughs> Look, it, I, I understand the counter argument, and that is that no. it's a it's a rounding error to the corporate profits. Okay, I well, get that, and I think it's a bit of a problem without a solution. Unfortunately, like we all yeah, want CEOs to be super aligned with the company doing well, when that's a large thing to say. So what does that mean? So people have come to um, boil that down to that means the company's stock goes up, and so they said like, okay, cool. We can't write off part of the salary. We're going to hand out stock. This is going to be great. Incentives are going to be aligned. This is going to be way better. And what happened is that they started focusing on the stock going up to the uh, exclusion of all else. And that's created some unintended negative consequences. So maybe, maybe what you're saying is a good solution. Like maybe it should be that they have to buy the stock for a either the market rate or a reasonably discounted rate or something. I, I don't know, because then that would exclude any potential CEOs who don't have a large amount of savings, right? And who who don't want to um, risk their nest egg on a job that may not work out when they don't know the company well enough, you know, just to like come up with maybe somebody's thought process if they're facing that. So I don't know. There's some some question well, marks about how to handle to it. it. It's, it's a really serious so problem. I've got a, I've got an example for you and I want to know your opinion. Okay. Your favorite guy, Elon yes. Musk. Yes. Thought about this exact problem. And I have to say, I respect, I think he's a bit nuts, but I respect the way that he decided to do this for himself. He has no salary at Tesla at all. He doesn't need it because he has tons of money, but Regardless, he has no salary. And, you know, he could have commanded all the stuff that all these famous CEOs get. And instead, he made it so that he has these markers of performance of the company. And it's not only stock performance. It's the revenue of the company over a four-quarter period and the market cap of the company together. And he has to hit these certain markers where both those things happen. And he's got, I think, like 10 or 12... Um, uh, milestone markers to hit. And if he hits, if the company hits them, he gets insane amounts of money, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions. And if he doesn't, he doesn't get anything. And I like that alignment. What do you think? It's, it's definitely in the right direction. I, I really think that's in the right direction. I think it's a matter of, you know, choosing for that company what's a good metric, right? So Tesla's obviously True. revenue would be a fair metric for a company that's a startup that's going to lose money for a while. Mm -hmm. um, for a lot of companies, uh, you know, if you if you took IBM, for example, instead of giving Jenny Rometty this absurd amount of money every year for doing absolutely nothing good for the company, it would be maybe you say, look, your bonus is all based on book value, the growth of book value of the company, tangible book value. You can't go acquire companies and add a bunch of in intangibles. You're going to have yeah. to make it real. Maybe that's which, how. Which means, you know, real free cash flow that goes to the real bottom line. I think that's and, an excellent and stop proposal. stop paying people on, on stock and, yeah, uh, like that. Stop compensating them more because they bought a bunch of companies and put the company into jeopardy. Mm, right. So you get metrics yeah. that, that would make sense from the point of view of a right. Warren Buffett-style investor. Right. I think it's a solvable problem. I think that... You know, obviously the CEOs don't want to solve it that way. <laughs> that may, that's much harder to grow the book value of a business. No, than but to, I mean, like, look at what revenue. Look at what Elon Musk did. He made it so that 
he made a bet essentially. And if the bet pays off, he wins big, way yeah. more, way yeah. more than he would have gotten under a typical compensation I, plan. I'm okay with that. I mean, a lot his, of people his, his, aren't. His level a lot of is people like, think it's like a complete money grab and totally, uh, well, you know, morally there's, bankrupt. There's probably because, some limit, right? I mean, in other words, if you said, oh, we hit this level, I just diluted all of you by 50%. And if we hit this level, I diluted you by 25%. I mean, <laughs> it just, you could make it insane. But the general idea is put up or shut up in a way that benef- that, that makes a company a real company a better company, a more productive company. Mm-hmm. Not that it's hitting some arbitrary stock price based on the Federal Reserve dropping interest rates to zero. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. And and so many of them are based on that because that's that's the short-term view of the world. And we've got to get rid of that short-term view. It well, just and by the way, work. his compensation is all this, this whole like crazy making tons of millions of dollars is all stock. It's all stock options. There's no like cash outlay at any point. So even, and he's already hit the first milestone. So even if he continues to hit these milestones and continues to get these cheap stock options, he still has to then buy the, so an op, a stock option is an option to buy the stock. So you still have right. to pay some amount of money for the stock. And that option is set at a certain price. Um, right. If you're a very, very early person into the company, that price will be like 10 cents. And if you're a later person, it'll be like $1,000 per share or whatever. So like there's a big variance and it can be whatever you set it at. So he's got it set at, you know, nothing crazy. I think it's like a few hundred bucks per share. And so my point is he set it up so that he's still invested in the future of the company, even once these milestones are met. It's Unless he just goes off and sells all of it, buys it, buys the option, and then sells all of it immediately, he's still got his money all tied up in Tesla. So to me, it seems like a, a decent alignment of incentives. I'm kind of, like, I'm kind of in support of it, even though I think it's kind of crazy, and I think it's making him do kind of crazy things with this company. Maybe that's not a bad thing. I think it's a much better thing than just the way it's done everywhere else. Honestly, it's just done so badly everywhere else that it, that drives the short-term view of the stock market. It drives it really hard and it's really unfortunate. And it makes for such bad optics for a CEO. I'm sorry, man, but you guys pay yourselves this kind of money. It doesn't look right. Yeah, when I people agree. are struggling, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like leadership. It feels like management. And there's a vast difference that we've talked about before. So, you know, we want leaders. We want leaders that are going to be making us feel like, hey, we're all in this together. This isn't me slaving away in some form of, you know, servitude to make you rich, right? Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. get nothing. Mm -hmm. That's that's not good. So we're looking for management that, that understands that and is doing their best to to modify their greed and, and and paint the right picture for the people who work there. There were then, a few. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say then, you know, management's buying its stock is something different than just they're buying their options, although that's good. We're really talking about management going out and acquiring the stock in the open market. Wait, wait, hold on. Are you talking about a different point here? Yeah, this point number 10. Oh, we haven't even gotten to that. I don't have it. I don't have it written down. (laughs) Okay, sorry. 
<laughs> we'll I'm, get to I'm that one. On. That's going to have to be next the time. Segue. No, we're not <laughs> even going gonna... to get to that. Yeah, we're not no, getting we're to not going to get to that. Oh, we, gosh. We've been solving the problem of CEO compensation. And okay, I think that um, I think that in the realm of problems in the world, that's a pretty good one to solve. Yeah, that would be huge. And, um, but uh, what I, I wanted we... to add about that is mm. that a number, a lot of CEOs um, in conjunction with cutting their employees' pay during the whole lockdown insanity and now heading into layoffs in a lot of companies also cut their own pay and the board members often like cut their pay. But what annoyed the heck out of me was that they did stuff like cut it in half as though... <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> like yeah. I'm so generous. I'm I'm with you all. I've yeah. cut my million and a half salary in half, but I've kept all my stock options. <laughs> and I'm only getting 750,000. Like are you kidding me? I it know. just like I don't know. I don't know how they like thought that that was a great idea, but maybe I'm the only one who cares because I don't think there was a big outcry about it or anything. I don't know. It's just, uh, I, I think, think we're so used to the greed in the corporate office. I think the so level too. Of greed. We're, we're just ready to, Oh, that was, that was oh, lovely. They made a gesture. They made a gesture. Yeah. That was lovely. And yeah. you know, he laid off 1800 people. Right. And made a gesture, so you know you're not going to get pilloried in the press. And people and can't take days off if they have COVID because they don't have health insurance through yeah, your company. Yeah, like exactly. it's just like, come so, on. So a mes message to CEOs out there: you're in a leadership position, and leadership is about a is a moral quality of accepting the responsibility and the willingness to participate with the people you're leading in the pain and suffering as well as in the glory. That's just fundamental to it. And if you're not willing to do that, then you suck as a leader. And you should get out of the way and let somebody lead that business that knows how to lead. And I, I wish somebody, I, I think we, we, we talked a bit about the Wall Street Journal uh, report on salaries and that definitely had the info, but not in a nice like format way where I could, I would love to see like a spreadsheet of the top, you know, the Fortune 500 CEOs and what they did with their pay during, during yeah. this uh, situation. Yeah. I think that I, would be I, very illuminating. I'd also love to see, you know, I, mean, I hate to say it, but I'd love to see their politics. I'm oh, just wondering Lord. how many of these people are absolute hypocrites. That right? gets they're into out a there, whole other they're thing. They're out there saying, yeah, you know, let's get more for the people. And, you know, and then, and then they're just, they're, they're the problem as much as anything. So anyway, that's, that's enough on CEO pay. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm bitter and, and, and unhappy with the way this has turned out in my generation you know, when I started investing, CEO pay was reasonable. And here I am 40 years later, and it's a disaster. And that's all my generation's doing. So I'm apologizing to you for that. And I wish I had a, a better answer, except that if we all start investing on our own and absolutely don't put money into companies where they are, we just keep bombing the board of directors with, you've got to do something different, or we elect people who are going to legislate this or regulate it in some capacity that they can't get around 
or something. I wish I had an answer for you guys. Yeah, I, I like I like your book tying it to book value or or a equivalent appropriate metric for that company. I think that's a something really good that's idea. Long term. Yeah. And I think it's going to have to be legislated. I don't I don't think they're going to do it on their own. I don't think they can. I don't think you or I would. So I don't think they can. Mm. All right. Okay. On that so, happy note. Yeah, on that happy time note. To go play. <laughs> Thanks everybody. More checklists next time. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Bye. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there. Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding. They really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And it's really important. It's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that. You're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I really hope you enjoyed it.